everyone at home. It uh, means a lot that you join us. And um, what a great atmosphere it is in the place here today. You brought your faith with you, didn't you? It's incredible. And um, I want to thank everyone who's come up here to uh, enable us to live stream from Mountains Church today for all those who aren't able to be here and those who are on holidays and those. We've, we've actually got our entire youth team and youth group who went out to Bathurst last night to minister to a church and to the young people out there. We have desire to help the country churches with young people. And um, this morning they're ministering at Lithgow Christian Life Centre and um, I don't know if Lithgow was ready for what was about to hit them because they're pretty loud and they're pretty vibrant. So um, I've been praying for them all weekend, and I know they had a great night last night. So um, it's incredible what God is doing right now, and um, I love it. Kids, I just want to let you know that um, you, if, if you haven't got a fun pack or something like that, there's some fun packs at the back you can grab hold of. And uh, Pastor Naomi, although she's in bed sick today, she made a whole bunch of Play-Doh. So I don't know whether that's going to get stuck in anyone's hair or anything like that, but if you'd like some Play-Doh, there's some up the back there. And um, I love it when kids are in church. I just noticed something, parents. Thank you for bringing your kids into the service. Because we had a time of worship there where I felt the presence of God. Let me tell you, they felt the presence of God as well. They might, they, some of them lifted their hands, but they may not have. That doesn't really matter. I grew up experiencing the presence of God. And it wasn't really until I was 18 that I really sought after it. But it was from the day I was eight, eight, eight days old, right through my entire childhood, I experienced the presence of God. And I thank my parents for that. They're here today. Thank you for that. And thank you for bringing your kids. It's so cool. So kids, I'm going to be preaching a message today, which I think is a pretty cool message. And I'm going to talk about three things I think it's important for Christians to know about today. So I want you to see if you can remember those. And I don't know if we have lollipops here. Do we have lollipops here? We will have next week, won't we? So if you get these three things right, Pastor Judah will ensure that we have lollipops for you next week. Is that cool? Brownies. Whoa, you get brownies. Apparently they're better than lollipops, right? Well, what an incredible three years we've had. It's, it's crazy. Here we are, if you're not aware, um, down at the Hawkesbury. We have a congregation down the Hawkesbury, and it got flooded for the third time in 18 months or two years. And... Um, crazy and um, the power is not back on yet the power will be back on tomorrow apparently but we had some amazing volunteers come in on Thursday and Friday and we've we've hosed the whole thing out we've got to let it dry out now get some carpet down in the foyer there so we can get back into having our church services there as well and um, it's crazy think about these last three years think back to 2019 there were fires everywhere remember it was catastrophic. Everywhere fires. And I know in Windsor, in the Hawkesbury, there was smoke all summer. And um, fires blazing around. And you'd see fire engines going through, the RFS going through all the time, and helicopters and planes. It was crazy. And I don't know if you remember, but the February after that summer, we had a flood. <laughs> and then, that was February 2020. Guess what happened in March 2020? Our friend COVID came along. And uh, we didn't realize how impact that would be or how long but for a long time lockdown stuff that I'd never ever imagined would ever happen in Australia you know sicknesses deaths lockdowns closing down schools you know it's just crazy what's been happening and then we finally get over that and then we have another flood in 2021 wow we finally get over the flood we think you know what it's going to be okay we're going to rebuild and then we have another lockdown 
June 2021. Wow, what do you have when you're bored? Have another lockdown. Then we get around to April last year. Let's have another flood. Floods come through. We finally think we're over everything. Lockdowns are gone. Everyone's just pressing on with their lives. And just this last weekend, the rain came and it flooded again. And uh, I talk to a lot of senior pastors and chat with them around the country. And, and um, it's really tough for the church. It really is. And um, I was praying about it the other day. As you can imagine, I'd be praying, praying for our people, praying for especially those in the flood zones. We've got a couple of families who are, you know, being big, big affected. And um, praying for the health of people who are still getting sick. I can't believe the amount of sickness there is. I suppose if you go two years of lockdowns, you don't pick up many immunities, I suppose. And that's what we're reaping right now. And um, a lot of prayer. And I felt the Lord show me a vision of what's been happening. And I believe today I've got a word for the church, a prophetic word. And I really want you to hear my heart on this. I really want you to receive what's said today because I think it's critical, especially for strong nation church. And um, I think it's something which I think will help many people. As I, I, I've really felt, God, is this for the church or is this for me? He says, I want you to share it with the church. He said to me these words. He said, Rick, it's time to come out of the corner. What's that? And he showed me a picture of a boxing ring. And if you're into boxing, you, it's an analogy of boxing where it felt like the church was in the corner of the boxing ring and we're just like this, huddled down, hoping that the punching will stop. And the enemy's just hitting as hard as he can, throwing all of his weight behind what he can towards you. And the church is there in the corner, defensively, you know, not getting too damaged, but not being able to move. And I feel like that's where the church has been sitting for the last two and a half years. I feel like the church has been on the defensive, just hoping that, well, I just want this to end. I just want this to be over so I can get out of the corner. But I believe the Lord said to me, no, 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 it's time to get out of the corner now. I remember the end of last year, I was seeking the Lord, and he, he actually asked me this question. He said, Rick, will my church lead? That's what he left me with. I always seek the Lord at the end of the year for the next year. Will my church lead? And we end up coming into 2022. And he gives me this scripture out of the second, second book of Samuel where uh, David and Goliath, the old David and Goliath. You've got Goliath there, the, the big giant champion, abusing God's people. He was calling them jerks and all this sort of stuff. And Kids, can I tell you, if someone calls you a jerk, they're acting like a jerk. It's not you. And that's what we had. We had this guy who was acting like a jerk. He was being horrible. He was attacking God's people, and they were in the corner. Israel was in the corner, not knowing what to do. And they were confused. And this young man came along, young David. The Bible describes him as a ruddy little boy came along and he said these words. When everyone said, David, just give up. David, it's impossible. David, just go home to your sheep. He turns around and he says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Those words brought Israel out of the corner. 
All of a sudden, David goes out there. You know the story. He gathers his stones. He only needed one, and he starts swinging it. He takes out Goliath, and the Philistines flee. He came out of the corner. That was the scripture the Lord gave me for this year for our church. Is there not a cause? I feel like, I feel like the Lord, through these last two and a half years, has really been developing a, a resilience within his church. A strength within his church. In fact, when you're getting ready for a boxing fight, you strip down. You make sure that the body fat is not so much there, but the muscle is strong. And I feel like he's been doing that with his church. And I feel like we're ready to go. His bride, the boxer, is ready to go. It's time to come out of this corner. It's time to come out. Will my church lead? I think, and I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but I think Australia, if not the entire world, is in for a very challenging season. Incredibly challenging. What's happening in the Ukraine is just one taste of what's happening everywhere. I can't believe how something happening in that part of the world is affecting us so badly in the way of resources. Huge. And it's only just begun. I think... Financially, Australia is in for a very, very challenging time. So that question the Lord asks me resonates even stronger. Will my church lead? Wow. Well, in order to lead, we've got to come out of the corner. Yes, it has been tough, and I get it. I understand it is so tough. I think it's probably, as a pastor, probably the toughest years I've ever faced. These last couple of years, it's been very, very tough. And to watch people suffer through sickness, to watch my family have to ne- negotiate all that, to watch this uncertainty, especially in our aged population, to watch that uncertainty, is, it's, it, it just weighs on you. I get it. But will my church lead? Is there not a cause? It's time to come out of the corner, start to put our dukes up. Now, This is what I really want you to listen to me about. You can't do this in your own strength. I could easily preach a message and I'd be wrong to do so. You should do this. You should do that. You should do this. But I think that's wrong because it's not about our strength. If we just suck it up and if we just say, okay, I'm going to put my jukes up and just go hard, I think we'll probably be defeated because if we try and do it in our own strength we we don't have enough strength that's why the lord asks, will my church lead he's not asking us to figure out a way he's not asking us to try and generate enough strength it's in his power his strength one thing i've always said is we don't fight for victory we fight from victory Jesus Christ has already won the victory at Calvary. And all we've got to do is just claim it. So today I want to share what's on my heart about coming out of the corner, what it means, and how we do that without doing it in our own strength. I've come down to this. There's probably a lot more points, but I'll stick to three because I'm Pentecostal. Okay, we only know how to do three. Every now and then we'll stretch to four, but we're way out of our league. Three things we need to remember about us. Three things I think if we just turn our eyes to. 
It helps us become the people who come out of the corner, who come strong, who become victorious through Christ's victory. And there's things that as Christians, we should really practice and understand every day in our lives. It's really an understanding and grasping these truths that I want to tell you. Is that cool? So the first thing is this. We get out of the corner understanding this. We understand what we are. We are the bride of Christ. We're his bride. We are equal with him. Romans 8 says this. We are equal and we share his inheritance. That's pretty cool. You see, when you accepted Christ through faith, not through actions, not through putting your hand up, not through coming down the front, you accepted him through faith. Everything changed. You became a new creation. Everything changed in you. Who you are, you are not the same person anymore. But one, sorry, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. What are the old things? Can I tell you this? The old is your sinful nature. It is no longer you. You no longer have a sinful nature according to the Scriptures. Well, Rick, what's that mean? No, no, no. When we realize this, the devil has no weight over us at all. He has no power over you anymore. Revelations calls him the accuser of the saints. Well, let him accuse. He can accuse all day long if he wants. But I am not a sinner anymore because Jesus Christ died for all my sin, even the ones I haven't committed yet. He took them away. But Rick, why, why do we keep sinning? It's because the old man left some baggage behind. When I say old man, I don't mean my dad. Well, <laughs> we have this baggage left over this life we've been living before Christ. And we'd like to open up that baggage anymore. But that's not you. That's not you anymore. And I think as believers, if we can continue to remember that Jesus took my sinful nature away and now I have the nature of Christ. Let's read it. Romans chapter 5, 19. For as by one man's, Adam's, disobedience, and many, the many were made sinners. Because of Adam, we were all made sinners. I don't care how good you were before. We were all sinners. Right? So by one man's, Jesus' obedience, the many will be made righteous. You no longer have a sinful nature. Oh, it's powerful. It is powerful. You are no longer his whipping post, the devil's whipping post. You're not that anymore. He has no right to abuse you. He has no right to hold you down. You have all authority because you have the inheritance of Christ in you. That's exciting. I think we need to remember this. And if we start thinking or we feel temptations coming, temptation is not sin. Temptation will keep coming, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to say, no, that's not me anymore. That is not me. Brokenness is not you anymore because Jesus brings healing. Let's face it, over the last few years, it's easy to feel broken, right? It really is. I've been there. The last flood really kicked me in the guts. But not this one. This one, I'm thinking, no, I'm, I don't look it, but I'm leaner, spiritually. I'm leaner. <laughs> Only spiritually. I'm leaner. 
Ready to fight. I'm not broken. How dare the devil tell me I'm broken? He's a liar. He's the prince of all liars. No, 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 no. I don't have that nature anymore. That nature died when I said yes to Jesus. And it was represented when I got baptized in water. Everyone could see it. I got buried. I was raised again with Christ Jesus. Romans 6. Amen. We've got to remember, if we're going to come out of the corner, this is how you do it. You just remember that. You're feeling like you don't want to get out of bed one day? No, I'm a new creation. The old things have passed. Behold, all things are new. Today is a new day for me. And I get out of bed because I no longer have that nature. I'm no longer broken. I am made whole through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is in me. Oh, now that's exciting. I hope you're excited because I am. That little baggage that comes around, the Holy Spirit gets rid of that baggage and he helps you kick it out the door. That's what we do. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. We are bold. We're no longer broken. It's important to realize sin has no part of who we are. Guilt has no part. Shame has no part anymore. Jesus died for your guilt and your shame. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I don't have a sinful nature. That's the truth. Second thing is this. Kids, what was the first thing? What we are. The second thing, we need to understand who we are. I think this is really important. Your identity determines everything about what you do. It's funny, the world we live in right now, it's such a big thing, right? Oh, my identity, I identify as this, I identify as that. I think the Christians should be saying, well, I identify as a child of God. Priority one. In fact, once I identify as that, everything else just falls away because that's my identity. You know, Paul says this in Galatians chapter 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ. Romans 8 talks a lot about you are now sons and daughters of God. Children of God, co-heirs with Christ. You no longer have a spirit of um, uh, slavery. You don't have a spirit of being burdened. You have a spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, to God. Do you understand you're his child? He adopted you in. Oh, Jesse, my other son who passes Penrith, preached the most great message on live stream last week. If you want to get on the spirit of adoption. Oh, my goodness. It is so strong. In fact, you're probably better off watching it more than watching this one. <laughs> you have been adopted by him. And in the context of what was written to the Roman church, it means so much. It is powerful. Interesting thing. We read in the early Gospels that Jesus was baptized. And what happened when he came up out of the water, this thunderous noise came, which was God the Father speaking. And he said... This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was just reassuring Jesus of his identity. You think, why would he do that? Well, you have a look at it. What happened next? The Bible says the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where he was tempted. And how did the devil tempt him? You read it. It says, if you really are the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. If you really are the Son of God, throw yourself off that and we'll catch you. If you really are the Son of God, why don't you make everything bow down to me? 
if you really are. He challenged his identity. Your identity is so critical. The devil knew if he could get Jesus to be confused about his identity, he wouldn't be able to fulfill what he's called to do. Oh, let me tell you, I reckon he's at it again right now. He might want to identify you as fat. He might want to identify you as old. He might want to identify you as male or female. You know what? They might all be true, but it's not your identity. Your identity is you are a child of God, and he's your daddy. He uses the word in Romans 8, Abba, Father, this Aramaic word, which wasn't just father or dad. It was daddy, loving daddy. That's how you can call on him. You are a child of God, first and foremost. Do you understand? That authority that Christ has is yours too. You can actually speak to demons and say, go. You can actually speak to occurrences and seem to, Jesus spoke to the storm. And that is in you too. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. Romans 8 again. It's my favorite chapter. Romans 8, just read that and you'll be happy. Get a hold of Romans 8 and it'll transform your life. Not only are we born again, saved, new creations, sinless, he took us the next step. He took us into being children of God. Now, he could have made us servants. He could have done that, but he didn't. Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you servants. I don't think the Father's intention wants you to be a servant. I think children serve. My kids do the washing up. Well, they did. Do you still do it? Get your kids to do it. She's nearly old enough. <laughs> but you're not a servant. Remember the story of the prodigal son? Luke 15. Great story. Remember, Jesus told this story to indicate how the Father sees us. That's why he told the story. How the Father sees us. The prodigal son, he takes off, spends all the inheritance, you know, goes, ends up feeding pigs on a farm, pig farm, which for a Jewish boy is the lowest of low, when you think about that. You don't get any lower than this. He realizes it's better at home. I know what? I'll ask my dad, can I come home and be a servant? He practices the speech. Dad, I'll come home. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I'll be a servant. Humble, right? Walking down the road, the father sees him. The father runs to him, which is just a beautiful sermon in itself the father runs to him jumps wraps himself around his neck kisses him and says son so good to see you and the son starts his speech dad i've sinned against heaven i've sinned against you please forgive me i'll be your servant and you have a read of it the father interrupts him no i don't want a servant i've got hundreds of servants behold this is my son he was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. This is my son. Kill the fatted calf. We're having a party because my son's alive. That's how he thinks about you. Sons and daughters don't sit in the corner. No one puts baby in the corner. Ah, oh, the 80s, the 90s, don't you love it? We don't sit in the corner. We're his bride. But more than that, we're his children. We don't sit there hoping that the punching stops. No, we stand up and say, no, 
This stops now. And we jump into the middle of the ring and we start to fight on behalf of Jesus Christ through his power. We don't fight for victory. We fight from it. So not only do we know, need to know what we are, we need to understand who we are. Then finally, as I finish up, to get out of the corner, we need to understand one more thing. It's all about faith. You can't reason this. You try and reason it, you'll remain in the corner. You try and reason this, you'll see defeat everywhere. And I think this is one of the plagues of the modern-day Western church. We don't walk enough in faith. We don't step out in faith enough. And yet, I get it, it's hard when you've taken the hits. It's hard when it's been, you know, wave upon wave upon wave of opposition, so to speak. But we still stand and we walk in faith. The whole Christian world is all about faith. You know the scripture, Hebrews chapter six, uh, chapter 11, 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Everything about the kingdom is about faith. It's his economy. And I'm wondering whether we need a little bit of shaking every now and then about, hey, you're walking by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't respond to what we see. We respond to what we know, what we believe. The two words, I believe, are so important for a Christian. It could be, you know, waves coming upon you, boom, boom, punches coming upon you, but still, I believe. I actually believe the church is stronger now than it ever has been. I believe the church right now has an open door to walk through right now where we could see so many people come to Christ through the love of Jesus Christ. I, 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 I feel it. I know it. There's something in my knower. I don't just think it. I walk in faith. Do you believe? Do you believe? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. This is what I believe. This is how I work my faith. I base it on a word from God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, the scriptures tell us. I think of the story of Peter, the disciples, in the boat, out on the sea. Storm comes. Waves come, and they start freaking out. Maybe they feel like they're in the corner. They feel like, oh, no. Then they look out across the sea, and they see someone walking on the water. So cool. That's Jesus. He's walking on the water. And I love what Peter says when he gets in his shot. Hey, Jesus, is that you? That's me. Wow. Bid me come, and I'll come. Say the word, Jesus, and I know I can do it too. You, you ever read of it? He needed the word from Jesus. He didn't just jump out there. As soon as Jesus said, come, he had a word from God himself. Once God speaks his word, you can stand on it. You can stand strong on it. Peter gets out of the boat and begins to walk on water. The minute he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to sink. But he got out of the boat. The other guys didn't get out of the boat because they had no faith. Peter had the faith to walk on water, and here we are. How many, 2,000 years later, still preaching about it. 
And every summer, we try to do it in our pool. We might use the floats and see whether we can run across. It's a lot of fun. Remember those big thongs you used to be able to get about that wide? We thought, man, they walk on water thongs now. They don't work. Faith. Just getting back to the boxing analogy right now. I've got a friend who's a boxer. I'm just sharing a little bit about this to him. He said, oh, you've got to understand something, Rick. It's all about your foundation when you're fighting. Your feet, where your feet stand is so important to nail the punches. I thought that scripture, no other foundation can be laid than that which is Jesus Christ. There is only one foundation and that faith is when we stand on him and saying, I stand on his word. I stand on what he told me. He said it. I believe it. That settles it. That's faith. What has God spoken to you lately? What has he spoken to you about this whole crisis we've been living through? Have you asked him? Have you spent some time just hearing his word? You've got to get the word and believe what he says above everything. I'm sick of listening to the media. It's so obvious they're just trying to beat things up and get money out of their sales, a clickbait. I'm sick of hearing it. It is full of lies. I can't trust anything except for one thing. No other foundation can be laid than that which is Jesus Christ. What he says counts. His word has never been proven wrong. His word stands strong. Do we rely on his word? Have we written that the written word? Do we read that and allow him to speak from it? Because that's where we get our faith. That's where we get strong. Wow. That book is not boring. For over 3,000 years that thing's existed. Half of it, 2,000. And it's so strong today than it's ever been. And they keep trying to prove it wrong. Just the other day they found some more proof of, was it um, Joshua? About the curses. Oh, wow, Joshua must be real. Here it is. Dated back to the time when we think Joshua was. It just keeps getting proven again and again. They don't like us digging around Jerusalem because they keep finding proof of the scriptures. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were wrong about that, King. The Bible's actually right. They keep finding it. You can trust his word. You can believe. Jesus and a couple of his disciples go up on a hill. They come back just after another encounter with, the Holy, with, with God, the Father. And the other disciples who were left behind were trying to cast a demon out of a boy who was dumb and deaf and throwing himself in the fire. They couldn't do it. Jesus says, be healed, go. The boy gets miraculously delivered. He says, can you imagine the father of that boy? Wow. Wow. Talk about life change. He says these words to Jesus. Jesus, Because the disciples said to Jesus, how come we couldn't cast it out? He says, oh, you just got to believe. You just don't have faith. This sort comes out through prayer and fasting. I don't think it's the prayer and fasting that does it. It's the faith that comes as a result of prayer and fasting. You know? And then the father turns around to Jesus and says, Oh, teacher, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. What a strange word to say. I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I think that's really good words for a Christian in the world in which we live. Oh, I believe but I need help in my unbelief. I want to believe. You said it. Lord, would you help me do this? Do you know the Bible calls Jesus the author of our faith? He's writing it. He's putting it together. 
The more time we spend walking with Holy Spirit, He builds our faith. And I think why the Western world probably struggles in this area is because we don't walk enough in the spiritual realm. We don't walk enough in our prayer life with Him. I think that would really help us come out of the corner. Get out of the corner with our chest held out, our head held high, ready to claim what God has for us as a church to do. Which is all about His kingdom, right? It's all about seeing His kingdom expand. Do you remember what you are? Church, let's remember what we are. We are not sinful. We are righteous. We are his church. We're not just people. We are, we are everything that he has planned to be. We are his plan. Do you remember who you are? We're not a servant. We're not servants. We're not just average people. No, 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 no. You're changed now. You are now a son, a daughter of God. That's pretty high ranking. Do you know that outranks the angels? Definitely outranks the demons. We have authority over that. Because we're children. But do you remember, it's all about faith. The economy of heaven is all faith. I believe. I believe. Help me, a man, believe. Will my church lead? Yes, he will. Or she will. Yes, the church will lead. Is there not a cause? There's a cause. And I think it seems like every weekend it becomes more evident, the cause. I just walked the streets on Friday just seeing people who have been decimated, helping them out a bit. Mate, I've never seen people so receptive. It's beautiful. But I haven't seen more people start getting on board. There's an Indian restaurant about to open up in Windsor and one of our parishioners just talked to him and said, hey, um, would you like to make 200 meals for a bunch of people who you know, are struggling? He did. He went down there and he said this, to serve God's people is to serve God Almighty on Facebook. I thought, oh, he's a Christian. Cool, that's pretty cool. He says, I want to do another 200 tomorrow. So yesterday he went out and just started giving. And all these people lining up just having Indian food. Who wouldn't, eh? I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd line up for the Indian food. But that was all sparked because the church said, hey, let's get out of the corner. This faith I'm talking about, this faith gets us out of the corner, helps us knock on a door or press that little green button on our phone to say, you doing okay? Can I help? Can I pray? That's what faith does. Oh, but will they receive it? No, no, no. Faith says they're ready for it. God said he wants this to happen. He wants us to care for others. That's what we do. Faith says I'll lean over the fence and says, you doing all right? Faith actually says, hey, I want, to, I want you to come around for the meal and I want, just want to bless you. And maybe, just maybe, they might say, what is it about you and your family? What is it? Well, we have faith in Christ. Because I'll tell you now, people, what he's doing, God is making those who don't believe, he's making them hungry. They're starting to ask questions. What is it about you? Will my church lead? I think in this upcoming time when things are getting difficult, the church is going to have to take the lead. The government has proven they can't. Because all they're after is votes. The media says they can't because all they're after is money. Someone has to rise up. We don't do it for votes. We don't do it for money. We do it because our Savior wants us to. Our husband, the Christ, the Son of the living God said, 
hey, bride, let's go do this together. And I'll empower you with my spirit to do it. That's what he does. So church, Strong Nation Church, I'm going to ask you, would you come out of the corner with me? I don't know what that looks like for you. I'm not going to say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. That's just not my style. I'm not even telling you you have to. Don't do it in your own strength. Do it knowing that you're no longer a sinner. You're no longer broken. You're healed and you are whole. Do it knowing that you are a child of God and do it with faith. I think if you grab hold of those three things, you'll find yourself out of the corner and you'll be amazed at what God presents before you. That's what I believe for. Amen. We're going to finish up right now. I'm going to pray for you. But I'm going to ask you today, would you just spend some time with Holy Spirit? Saying, Holy Spirit, that word that was spoken today, I believe it was prophetic maybe. Could you just sow what you want into my heart about that? I'm going to ask everyone at home if you'd do that. Just spend that five minutes with him. Just asking, Holy Spirit, would you just reveal to me? Because I think there's a brewing army. Somewhat in the corner, as a church. Time for us to stand up and say, no. And I'm not talking about putting on a program. That's not me. I'm talking about seeing the church just like all those Santa Claus seeds, you know, when you... <sighs> the church just does it. Boom, out it goes. That's what I believe. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, love you so much. You are Adonai, our Father who loves us. And Lord, I just pray for the people here, man, woman, child, every one of us, Lord, and also those online watching. Holy Spirit, I need you to reaffirm this word in the prophetic to every person. Lord, we know it's with your power. It's not in our power at all. It's not in our effort. It's in your effort that we move. Would you guide and direct us by your spirit as we come out of that corner? I rebuke the enemy. I bind him off every person's life. Sickness, I bind you. Depression and anxiety, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You have no right on these children of God. And Father, I pray right now that you would show us, each one of us, what's next. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. Everyone online, I want to say farewell to you. Stay safe, and um, we'll see you next week. God bless you.